You're listening to Techspiration with Nancy Caramonico and Mike St. Pierre. In today's cast, we talk with special guest Fraser Spears of the Cedar School of Excellence. We talk iPads, technology, and everything in between. Well, we're here for another episode of Techspiration, and I am thrilled to welcome to today's show uh, somebody who's really been uh, a mentor from across the pond for me uh, because he's really impacted a number of schools here in the States, and that's Fraser Spears. And so uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Fraser, although he's really somebody that our listeners are very familiar with, but um, he's somebody that um, Zavarian High School in New York City recommended to us as we went uh, from the the traditional uh, computer lab model of schools to a one-to-one program uh, as we've gone uh, all iPad. And so uh, Fraser's school is the Cedar School of Excellence. I kind of think of you, Fraser, as the iPad guy. Uh, He has a wonderful podcast, which I definitely recommend. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, But all of that is just to say welcome. Thank you so much for taking some time for us today. And what did I miss in the introduction? Well, Mike, thanks for having me so much. I really appreciate it. And I think, uh, I think you, you covered most of the bases there. Uh, I suppose to give people a little more of an idea of what I do day to day, my job at Cedars is, uh, my, the job title is called Head of Computing and IT. So I'm actually responsible for teaching as well as for IT. So I'm, I'm not just the IT guys, but although that's obviously a large part of mm-hmm. what I do and have done, but also I also teach uh, computer science topics uh, all the way from, uh, I suppose, early middle school in U.S. terms all the way through to high school. So when you're talking to other teachers, they don't think of you as, you know, that tech guy that makes them feel stupid, but they're talking to another teacher. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I have the, the sort of, not. I'm sure it's not globally unique, but uh, it's rare to find somebody who actually has complete responsibility for the full stack of technology and for the teaching as well, or has a classroom experience as well. So I kind of get to talk to both sides a little bit, and, and I can have a little bit of credibility with both, which is very useful. Fantastic. Okay, well, why don't we launch into uh, our questions? And uh, sure. f- first, we want to, you know, acknowledge you really have been one of those pioneers in the one-to-one movement. And uh, I guess I'm wondering, are you still as passionate about schools going to one-to-one today as you were when you first discovered that magical iPad for your school a few years ago? You know, that's a great question. I mean, I think that uh, you know, to, to call me a pioneer in one-to-one, I think is. Uh, I certainly could probably lay claim to that in terms of using what we make all mobile devices in, in school. But, you know, there have been schools that have been one-to-one for decades before before I ever came along. So I hesitate to uh, take that crown entirely from your hands. But um, I think one of the things that, you know, we're just about to start. I mean, I'm talking to you the day before school starts for us. Uh, school starts tomorrow morning. And uh, we're about to start our fifth year of being a one-to-one iPad school. And it's been amazing to me sort of how, how time has passed and what's different today and the kind, of, the kind of work I'm doing tonight just to get things ready is so much easier than what it was that um, in some ways I'm, I'm more passionate about it because I sort of recognize that it's easier now than it was. And you know, five years ago, four years ago, to convince people to put in the kind of effort that I was putting in for a small school uh, would have been very difficult and, and in some cases completely unscalable for a very, very large school. So in some ways, I'm more passionate about it because I know it's within reach of more schools. And having seen more schools do it, I know it can be done. 
And I just can't deny the evidence, my, my own teacher's eyes of, of what happens in my school mm -hmm. when we use the computer in, in the way that we sort of choose to use it. Uh, but at the same time, I suppose one of the things that on the opposite side of that is that I am, I must admit to a certain level of disappointment that I haven't seen more schools go one-to-one -one hmm. in the intervening time. And I'm not saying that just because Cedar School went ahead and went one-to-one -one, that everybody's just going to follow in our wake. But we certainly, given the number of schools that have come to visit us interesting, and, and, and taken taken a tour of our school and sat there, I've sat down with many, many, many people. Uh, we host a, a sort of sequence of free visits over the course of the year. The conversion rate of those visits into schools actually going one-to-one -one is actually still surprisingly low. Wow. So it's, in some ways, I'm... I find myself a little discouraged that more people haven't done it, but at the same time, I'm encouraged that the you know the evidence is accumulating that it is the right thing to do. That's really interesting. We're a high school, and um, I think for us, we try to take a measured approach. You know, we feel mm -hmm. like it's not about the device; it really is about teaching and learning. And in an ideal world, the device kind of becomes an afterthought and just sort of embedded into what really happens. But I know for me. I know a lot of parents when they tour our school, they're really excited because we're an iPad school. We've been three years yeah. in and and I want to go deeper and I want to find better, more thoughtful ways that teachers can use them to really impact learning. And so yeah. even for us, you know, we feel like we're at like a different uh, stage of the layer cake in terms of one-to-one -one and, uh, and, and we recommend people listen to your podcast seriously because well, we yeah. love the stuff that you guys talk about and you guys do go pretty deep into... Uh, into this uh, this process, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like you know, over the course. I mean, I was a relatively new teacher at the time that we started doing this. I've been working here since '06, and that was you know, it was four years in, and we started we became a one-to-one -one school. And I was still fairly new to the whole idea of teaching at the time. And I think what it's what it's done for me is it's it's made me much more reflective on what I do. And in the first instance, yeah, it is all about sort of mastering the technology and getting to grips with the possibilities and exploring the space that's now provided for you to do that kind of thing. But what it's done is it's pushed me very, very deep into uh, trying to understand more, understand more and better educational theory and connect with people who are doing similar things across the world. And just the very active, like I mentioned, those visits that we have all the time. I mean, the first one we're having is like two days from now, from the school starting. Um, that's forced me to really think very, very deeply about what it is I'm saying mm -hmm. about the role of the computer in education, and it's forced me to go back to, you know, you know the real masters of the genre, people like Seymour Papert, and um, look, look deeply into things like Bloom's Taxonomy, but I also look to the future as well, and, and I think one of the things that's dominated my mind for the past couple of years is actually nothing to do with the computer anymore. The computer is now kind of, I feel like it's, it's an assumed piece of hardware in our school. And it's certainly not true in many schools, I know that, but in our school, we don't really think about are we using the computer, are we not? We're, we're past that stage of thinking, and we're now into thinking, well, now that we've got this, what are the, out, what are the outer limits of the use of computer in the classroom? And we're starting to actually discover some of those outer limits because, the, let's just say, the rest of the education system isn't moving at the pace that we're moving at. Um, that we're starting to discover places where we are actually having to consciously pull back hmm. from how much computer use we would put into the classroom hmm. because the assessment methods aren't fully digital or the exams are based on 
uh, a kind of memory-based approach or whatever, or the universities are going to lecture and then examine. So uh, we're starting to bump into some of those, you know, into our fifth year. That's the kind of interesting thing that I think is the next level of challenge for us as a school. That's interesting. I know when we installed our smart boards, um, now we're kind of going more towards flat screen TVs with Apple TVs attached. But you know, yeah. a few years ago, it was big smart boards. And I remember the moment we put them in, I thought, okay, well, what's next? Because these are okay, but we want it to become you know, almost second thought or second nature. And so the literal teaching and learning is the, the, the focus, the spotlight, and the devices. Yeah. I like that phrase you use, an assumed piece of hardware. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a there's a danger and a credit in in the sort of idea that it's not about the device, because I, I agree that the job that we are doing is not to deploy iPads, right? That's not why parents send their children to the school. But at the same time, it is to a certain extent about the device, because if you deploy the wrong device, and you deploy something that's unreliable mm -hmm. or um, inconsistent in its approach or just time consuming or slow. That's going to have a bigger impact than if you just got the right thing in the first right. place. Yeah, good point. So I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very strongly in favour of uh, making a clear-eyed evaluation of what it is you want to buy, and buying the right thing for the right reasons. And if that turns out to be iPad, great. And if it turns out to be Chromebook, also great. Mm -hmm. Right. But the the point is that if you deploy bad technology, that's the problem. And quite quite often when I, I talk to a lot of schools. Uh, what I see is a history of failed technology deployments, and then they think that um, if we go iPad, it's all just going to work out next time. But the problem is there's not actually enough credibility in the organization to actually go ahead and do that. So there's more to this game than just buying the right device. You're absolutely right about that. Great point. What to, to what degree do you think the one-to-one -one movement has succeeded or failed from what you've seen over the last, say, decade? Mm, that's another great question. I think one of the uh, – I, I, if you just do the numbers, right? Uh, the one-to-one -one movement in schools has failed because not every school is one-to-one -one yet. Or at least, you know, it's kind of like the Marxist argument, like the revolution hasn't happened yet, but just you wait, it's going to come any day now. <laughs> um, so in that sense, we, we can't claim to have succeeded. But what we can claim, I think, is a, is a growing body of evidence that where it is done in, in a thoughtful and correct way, which is a subset of all one-to-one -one schools, is probably fair to say, that we can start to show some solid evidence that uh, the educational experience is broader and deeper than without that kind of technology in place. That's not always the same thing as better test scores, though. And that's the thing that it, that really uh, pulls my mind in two different directions at the moment because some of the things that I see our students doing in school just simply, like uh, uh, the tests that we have are just the wrong instrument. To, they don't even detect that kind of thing. It's like trying to measure brightness with a thermometer. Uh, and that's, that's a real difficulty that we have right now. That's really interesting. When when a parent asks me, you know, our approach to iPads, sometimes I'll say, well, how much time do you have? You know, or I'll reference yeah. them to a couple of pages we've built on our website, which gives mm -hmm. some of the rationale and the thoughtfulness behind the device, our network, how we educate our teachers, because there's a lot to it. It's not just, as you say, about test scores or, you know, having more organized notes or something like that, although all those are yeah. good, but there's a lot more layers to it. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm a school, I'm a head of school here in the States. I'm a, I'm a techie, I'm a geek. So for me, uh, going one-to-one -one has been a tremendous amount of fun and it's been a privilege to kind of watch it unfold. But mm -hmm. let's say, you know, you were giving some advice to uh, a superintendent, a head of school, a principal who maybe they're getting some pressure to 
implement more technology or, or embed it mm -hmm. more into curriculum. What would be, you know, how would you even begin that conversation if you were to say coach them for six months, getting them ready to go in this direction? Why room do you have for that? Answer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I suppose, you know, the first thing, you know, on our podcast, my, my, my co-host Bradley and I, we, we talk a lot about, uh, I mean, everything we know about school improvement begins and ends with leadership. So I'm, I'm gratified in the scenario you gave me that you gave me access to the school leaders first, because that's not always what happens. Uh. You know, quite, quite often, you know, I've had situations where um, I've had a delegation come to my school and it's, it's you know, the, the head of religious education and a science teacher. And they're the ones who are tasked with taking the whole school one to one. And that ain't never going to happen. You know, that, I, I, I do my best to kind of show them what's going on, but in my heart of hearts, I know that they're going home and nothing's going to happen in their school. <laughs> and it's, it's almost to the point now where... It's kind of sad. It is, it is a shame. And, and it's almost to the point now where I, I won't actually get involved with schools unless I'm talking to the head teacher because I, I'm just intensely aware these days that there's just no point in even beginning that conversation if it's not those right people in the room. But... To kind of answer your question, I think where I would start with that is, is to explore the question of why, why are we even opening this discussion? And you said you know, potentially people are feeling pressured to use more technology in school or uh, the school down the road has got iPads, so why haven't we got iPads? That's a big one, particularly in independent schools, uh, private schools uh, in Scotland and in England and I'm sure in the States as well. You know, the school down the road has got this technology. Why are we not going one-to-one -one mm -hmm. yet? Um, and is that the reason? Maybe it is. Um, but certainly one of the things that we've, we've done a lot of is what we call sort of vision and planning sessions. So I have um, a series of things that we will talk about, such as, well, firstly, why are we doing this? Uh, where are we at as a school right now is a big question. So, and what is the history? So in some cases, in some schools, and I, and I say this flippantly, but it's not actually that flippant, but a kind of truth and reconciliation period is sometimes required over technology as well because <laughs> um, of the kind of long history of failed deployments that many schools have actually labored under. So that's quite an important conversation to facilitate as well and to make sure that um, there's the right amount of buy-in from the right amount of people. And one of the things I do for schools quite often is to go in and talk to staff and also talk to parents' uh, meetings and, and parents' evenings as well and just tell them our story. And, and what's very influential, we, st we talked about this at the start of the show, is I can stand up as, as a teacher and as, as a technology leader in a school and say, we've done this for years and nothing bad has really happened in that intervening period. The school still works, children still pass their exams just as well as they ever did before, if not better. Um, and it can be done for reasonable amounts of effort because like I said, uh, I teach and I do the IT. So you know, my whole deployment is essentially a spare time operation after my teaching load, which is not insubstantial. Wow. So conversations like that are where I tend to start. And you'll notice I didn't really mention about what device are we going to buy. Right. That's a conversation from much, much later down the road. Right. But it's, it's genuinely, I think, reflecting on where, are, where is this school as an organization right now? And then what are the next steps? And those next steps, I can't walk into any school uh, with a pre-prepared script that says, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and then we're going to get an iPad deployment. But what I can do is I can come in and say, here are the nine or ten major areas that you have to think about and inside each of these, here are the five questions you must answer in the context of your school. And from that flows many, many answers. So things like, well, firstly, who's paying for this? Are parents paying for it as a school? Can the school afford it out of its budget? 
And even that question alone starts to, starts to determine the path. Uh, and instead of just looking at it as here are all the possible technology options in the world, to here are the two that we could possibly achieve. Let's decide between these two and then go on from there. That's, the, that's kind of where I start with that rather than with let's deploy this or let's deploy that. It's great stuff. I, I, uh, my kids, they have, they have some wonderful technology in their school. They're, I think, committing the sin of uh, dipping their toe in the water rather than having some of those difficult conversations and, and answering those five, six, seven, eight, nine questions rather than just test something out. Because testing something out, if it doesn't go well, again, your credibility, I think, as a school goes down a little bit. Whereas if you took more time as a school to really think through those things, I mean, uh, to schools that don't have uh, iPads or one-to-one, -one, I say, well, you haven't had them to this point. You're going to be okay. Take the six months or a year and really take your time yeah. and ask those tough questions. So it sounds like our advice is similar to yours, which is kind of affirming. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. And, and I, I always strongly encourage schools to come to a decision. Now, this is the hard thing. If, if you're just always trialing things and always trialing mm -hmm. things, is it's easy to do that because you never have to actually make a decision and then stake essentially, in many cases, stake your career on the success of what you're about to do. And if you don't make a decision, the problem is you never really get a fair test because teachers invest a lot of time in their entire infrastructure, whether that be paper books or, or classroom organization or technology. And they, are, they expect to see a substantial payoff from what... Um, from what they invest in, in that effort. And if you're only going to have a one-year iPad trial, nobody's, nobody's redesigning their right. entire course to take advantage of the iPad in right. one year because it might go away. And it's only, and I think this is the thing that we got right almost by accident was the fact that we just said, look, this is what we're doing. Here's a set of iPads for you guys to work with. And then in August, we are doing this for three years and we signed a three-year contract. And teachers knew that there was three years mm -hmm. where this was not going away and this was going to be the way the school works. And now we're going to have six years and soon enough, we'll be nine years on that and then so on and so on. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and then well, I'll be retired, hopefully. So yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be nice. That's but great. I think that, that commitment is the thing that actually gets you over that hurdle of, well, let's just go on the web once in the classroom to... I'm going to write my entire course for this year and I choose you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's key. Fantastic. Okay. So what's next on the horizon for schools? That's obviously an unfair, huge question. I mean, is, is, are, where, are we still, do we still have five more years of seeing how iPads or Chromebooks can be used in schools or, or wearables close enough that schools are going to be dab dabbing into that? Um, what's next? Well, the way I always answer the what's next for education question is to invite you to think about what ha happened in the last 10 years in consumer technology, because education is always 20 years behind. And this is, my, this is my big concern when I look at, you know, tomorrow morning, the class of 2027 starts in my school, right? The class of 2027. And am I, am I saying to these kids that what I deploy to them today and the curriculum, more importantly, which is a much longer term thing, the curriculum that we are starting them on tomorrow is going to be suitable for their graduation in 2027. That's hard to see. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, the problem, the general problem with education is that it is 15 to 20 years behind. I mean, we're talking about going one-to-one. -one. You've done it. I've done it. We've done it in the past five years. When did we go one-to-one -one with computers? Well, it was the mid-90s. Right? That was when in our society, in, in the US and in the UK, 
that was roughly the time when computers stopped being so scarce that we had to share them with each other. And they became individual things. And here we are in nearly 2015 talking about schools maybe going one-to-one. -one, and we're still 10 years away from all schools being one-to-one -one at the very least, if not 25 years away from it. So I think what's next for schools I would like to see is just rolling out what we've already done. You know, I think that's what I would rather see rather than looking into drones and wearables and Google Glass and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you and I might play with some of that stuff at the mm -hmm. edges, but the, my big question is how do we get the late majority into just what we have done already? And to me, that's the kind of mission and the challenge that I would like to be able to take on in some way. And I have a very small role in a very small school in a very small country, but I have a blog and a podcast, so maybe I can help. I don't it, know. Well, you've got a platform, and I think that's what drew us to you and what's drawn a number of American schools to the work that you've been doing at Cedars mm -hmm. and, and elsewhere. So, no, I, I think you have a, a really powerful platform, and um, we're learning from you. So uh, you may have a small school, but we've learned a lot. Um, our time is almost up. We've been talking to Fraser Spears, and uh, you can check out his podcast. It's really excellent. It's called Out of School. You can um, use your podcast reader, iTunes, whatever. Make sure you give him a, a good a favorable review, uh, take it with you, use it on the train or on the bus or just as you're, you're driving. That's how I listen to it. Uh, Fraser, how else can folks get a hold of you and learn more about your work? Well, my, uh, my school, if, if you just Google Cedar School of Excellence, uh, you'll find our school. And um, I don't know if many American listeners are going to make it to Scotland, but if anybody happens to be in the neighborhood, there's a worldwide open invitation to come visit the school to anybody who wants to come. And we have had people from the US, Japan, Australia, France, even some from Scotland as well. You know, that was, that was been gratifying to see more of that happen. Anybody is welcome to come for free and I'll spend as much time as I can with you. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter. I'm Fraser Spears on Twitter. That's S-P-E-I-R-S and spears.org on the web. Okay. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay.